thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. This episode of Pardes from Jerusalem features Rabbi Michael Hatton on Parashat Ki Titze. If you are interested in downloading other digital content, you can now find our podcasts on Spotify or by visiting us at elmod.pardes.org. Parshat Ki the mitzvah to set up a railing guarding from a fall. With the reading of Parshat Ki the major part of Moshe's review of the commands is completed. Parshat Ki contains over 70 mitzvot. No other parsha in all of the Torah contains as many. The rest of the Torah, the final four parshiot, are not concerned with specific mitzvot for the most part, but rather with the more comprehensive issue of the sealing of the covenant between Israel and their God. We are often conditioned to think of Sefer Devarim as a simple repetition of the Torah's commands, a Mishneh Torah, a repetition of the commandments, a Deuteronomy, Actually, though, there is much new material that the book introduces. Sefer Devarim can be distinguished from the other four books of the Chumash, not so much by a dearth of new commands, for it in fact contains plenty, but rather by the aim and the objective of its its texts, by their sweeping scope, by their guarded and hopeful tone. Sefer Devarim addresses a people about to take their first halting steps as a free nation in their own land. But when they enter that land, the people of Israel will come in contact with cultural and religious traditions that are at complete odds with the exalted vision of ethical monotheism that they are to champion. One of Sefer Devarim's most striking features is the harsh and unequivocal polemic against idolatry. Often this is coupled with ominous warnings and premonitions of Israel's own doom. It can thus be understood as anticipatory for the cultural conditions that the people are sure to encounter on the other side of the Jordan. But at the same time, the book of Devarim presents us with many soaring passages of encouragement and reassurance of teshuva and return. Although Israel's mission may be fraught with difficulties and hindered by setbacks, triumph will eventually be theirs. Specific mitzvot in Sefer Devarim are often addressed to the individual, but the span of the book is much more broad. It directs its timeless message to the nation of Israel, of which the individual is but one indispensable part. Deuteronomic topics, such as the establishment of a national center for divine worship, or the appointment of a judiciary, or the election of a monarchy, or the unfortunate conditions of warfare, these are all best understood 
as belonging to the purview of the people as a whole, rather than as responsibilities that devolve upon the individual. In this week's podcast, we will consider one of the Parsha's many mitzvot, a very straightforward injunction. But for at least one of the commentaries, this mitzvah serves as an excellent opportunity to discuss far more comprehensive matters. The Parsha says, When you build a new house, then you shall make an enclosing rail for your roof. Do not bring death into your house by causing someone to fall from it. Do not plant your vineyard with diverse kinds, lest the seed that you plant become forbidden, along with the produce of the vineyard. Devarim chapter 22, verses 8 and 9. Let's begin by considering the broader context of the command to set up a protective rail namely the prohibition of mixing diverse seeds. In the original Hebrew text, it is presented in a single seamless paragraph along with the provision to provide a rail called in the original a ma'akeh. Ibn Ezra adopts an uncomplicated approach to explain the juxtaposition. As he says, After recounting the command associated with a house, namely, to set up a rail, the Torah goes on to describe that of seeds and planting. For after entering the land and building a house, one naturally plants. For the Ibn Ezra, when we have convergences of seemingly unrelated legislation, they are not arbitrary. The missing link between the house law and the field law is provided by the promised land that brings both of them together. The thrust of the entire section is implicitly directed towards the settlement of the land. After shelter has been secured, the people will obviously turn their attention towards sowing its fertile slopes and harvesting their bounty. And therefore, in a single breath, the Torah presents us with these two seemingly unconnected mitzvot. On the one hand, to set up a rail to prevent someone from falling from the roof. And on the other hand, the prohibition of planting one's vineyard with diverse seeds. One of the most interesting discussions of this mitzvah to erect a roof rail is provided by the anonymous author of the Sefer HaChinuch, the Book of Education. The identity of the author is the subject of much scholarly debate, but the evidence points to the 14th century Spanish rabbi Aharon Halevi, who wrote the work in order to introduce his young child to the commands of the Torah. Commenting on our mitzvah, He relates, God, blessed be he, exercises providence over the detailed affairs of all people and is fully aware of all of their activities. Whatever whatever befalls us, whether good or bad, only transpires by his decree and command in accordance with merit 
or liability. Nevertheless, a person must take care to guard himself from accident and harm, because God created his world and established it upon the foundations of laws of nature. Thus he decreed that fire should burn and that water should extinguish the flames. Certainly, the, similarly, the laws of nature dictate that should a large stone fall upon someone's head, that their skull be crushed. Should a person fall from a tall roof to the ground, they will surely die. Mitzvah number 546, to make an enclosure for one's roof. Lurking behind the author's discussion of this particular mitzvah is a theological difficulty. If God is all-powerful, all-present, and all-knowing, then we must submit that whatever happens in this world to individuals, the great and small vicissitudes and triumphs are solely the product of his will. That being the case, of what benefit is it to erect a roof rail to prevent an accidental fall? For if God has so willed it, then the protective enclosure will not prevent the plunge of one who is destined to so perish. The absence of the enclosure will not cause the death of the one whom God chooses to miraculously spare. In other words, if everything is God's will, then what good is erecting a roof rail at all? In response to this seeming paradox, the Sefer HaChinuch offers us an explanation with far-reaching implications. God has created this world and he guides it according to the laws of nature. These laws are predictable, comprehensible, and for the most part, binding. The Sefer HaChinuch continues. God has mercifully provided the human body with a living and intelligent soul that can guard that body from harm. The body and the soul must both function within the parameters of the physical elements that exert their effects over them. Having confined the human body to the laws of nature in accordance with his wisdom, that created human beings with corporeal form, God commanded us to guard ourselves from accidents. For otherwise, the very nature to whom we are given over will act upon us detrimentally. In other words, for the Sefer HaChinuch, the laws of nature constitute the framework and the structure by which God governs the world. We are material creatures. We are subject to material laws. We abrogate those laws at our own peril. A reckless individual who takes risks with their safety or that of others, brimming with confidence that God will preserve them from harm, is acting against the Torah. Of course, miracles do happen. People are occasionally saved from even very serious accidents. But the Sefer HaChinuch concludes his discussion 
by making it clear that one should not take that as license to act irresponsibly. As he relates, Now there are a few individuals whom the king particularly desires, meaning God. They have been given sway over the laws of nature, but the majority of human beings have not so merited because of our iniquity. Therefore, the Torah commands us to guard our dwellings and surroundings from causing death through our negligence. Nor should we endanger ourselves in expectation of miracles. Is this not the implication of the Torah in most places? And even when the people of Israel are bidden to wage war at God's command, they would prepare their weapons and their strategies as if they were to rely solely on the laws of nature for their victory. This is then the proper way to act. Whosoever does not foolhardily dispute the truth will agree. So concludes the Sefer HaChinuch. Of course, the implications of his comments are staggering. They expose one of the greatest fallacies and follies, which is associated, strangely enough, with both godlessness as well as with extreme religious thinking. Both are associated with fatalism. Many non-believers live their lives convinced that there is nothing that they can do to alter the immutable fate that awaits them. The bullet has a proverbial address and cannot be dodged under any circumstances. Many believers also live their lives utterly certain that since God governs the world according to His will, unnecessary risks can be taken as long as they are balanced by a heightened spiritual spirituality, for that alone can, can secure God's favor. Perhaps this is possibly true for a select and special few, but certainly not for the overwhelming majority. The humble individual must assume that he or she is counted among them. In either case, the logical fallacy will lead to a similar conclusion a perilous disengagement from the very reality that God has imposed upon the cosmic order. The rational believer, on the other hand, never disputes the absoluteness of God nor his all-encompassing providence, but he or she recognizes that there is nevertheless a morphology to the material universe that God himself has introduced and declared as binding. We may conclude that the moral obviousness of the roof-rail law is matched by its implication of nature's inevitability. One needs to provide an enclosure because gravity cannot be denied. Poised to enter the land in order to build their ideal state, the people of Israel are thus gently reminded of the unique challenge that they will face. On the one hand, they are to acknowledge and to serve God as the sole source of their survival and success. But at the same time, they must never allow 
that profound religious sensitivity to breed a dangerous detachment from the very world that they are called upon to perfect. We are living, of course, in unusual times, a pandemic that rages across the world. It makes perfect sense in the light of our discussion to be especially conscious of those protections and provisions which will allow us a greater chance not only to avoid infection of ourselves, but also to avoid transmission of infection to others. That too is part of the lesson of setting up the rail to guard against a fall. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you again for downloading this podcast, a production of the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcast today. Be sure to visit us on Spotify, where you can subscribe to any of our other podcast channels, or visit us at elmod.pardes.org. Thanks for listening.